This talk is offered by Ordinary Mind Zendo. Ordinary Mind was founded by Barry Majid, Dharma heir of Charlotte Joko Beck, and is dedicated to her vision of a psychologically minded Zen practice adapted to the needs of American students practicing in the context of their everyday lives. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. The Blue Cliff Record, Case 73. Instruction. In preaching the Dharma, there is no preaching and no showing. In hearing the Dharma, there is no hearing and no gaining. In preaching, there is already neither preaching nor showing. How can it be compared with not preaching? In hearing, there is already neither hearing nor gaining. How can it be compared with not hearing? Nevertheless, both not preaching and not hearing can be compared to a little something. But you people here and now are listening to what I'm saying. How is it possible to avoid this error? For those who have an eye after having passed the barrier, I bring this up. Look. The case. A monk asked great master Ba, leaving the four phrases and cutting off the hundred negations, I ask your reverence to directly indicate to me the meaning of the coming from the West. Great master Ba said, I'm tired today. I cannot preach it for you. Go ask Jizo. The monk asked Jizo, and he said, Why didn't you ask the master? The monk said, The master told me to come and ask you. Jizo said, I have a headache today. I can't preach it for you. Go ask Brother Kai. The monk asked Brother Kai, and he said, When it comes to that, I don't know. The monk told Great Master Ba what had happened. The master said, Chizo's head is white, Kai's head is black. The verse. Chizo's head is white, Kai's head is black. Clear-eyed, patch-robed monks do not understand. The horse tramples to death all people under heaven. Rinzai, too, is not yet a thief in broad daylight. Leaving the four phrases, cutting off the hundred negations, above and below heaven, I alone know. Many koans, a monk asked the master, <laughs> kind of standard question. What is the meaning of Bodhidharma's coming from the West? And we take it often to be a kind of stock phrase and don't really think about <coughs> how would we answer that. 
Well, we might begin thinking about this koan by asking ourselves, what is the meaning of your coming to Claverack? What kind of answer would you give? number of people I've talked to in interview say how glad they are to be here, but they can't quite exactly say why. And it's hard to describe why we come to a session. What are we going to get out of it? In the foyer here, there's a sheet that describes the benefits of bowing practice. Maybe you've seen it. It's quite a list of things. I think it's supposed to uh, improve your back and your joints, your digestion, lower your blood sugar, your blood pressure, help the immune system. The list goes on and on. made me think that we could have a similar sheet in the Zendo, the benefits of Zazen, and we'd leave it blank. <laughs> Might be that's a little too cute. <coughs> but it points to a, a basic kind of difference. See, I don't think it's untrue that the bowing practice may give people these different benefits. And I don't think it's true that Zazen really has no benefit for people, although helping the back and the joints doesn't seem to be among the benefits. <laughs> if you look at Karen and me. But we're really talking at two different levels. The levels I like to talk about is the level of problems and the level of koan. And we can point to the benefits, the problem-solving qualities of this practice or that practice. But that's not really what we're doing here. We're not here so much as to solve our problems or get answers to our problems, but to transform the nature of the question. When we speak of a koan rather than a problem, we're not so much interested as an answer as in non-separation, the elimination of some division that is creating a world of problems and solutions, dividing the world into how it is versus how we wish it was. What we're left with is just how it is, just this. Does that make it better? Yes and no. 
it's interesting to just look at the kinds of things that could count as an answer to what is the meaning of kinds of questions. What, what are we ever looking for to answer something like that? You know, friends or family ask you why you're going on session. It's hard to answer. They might say, have a good time. Or you come back and they say, well, was that relaxing? Again, thinking of it at the level of benefits doesn't capture what's going on. We do something difficult Not so much in the expectation of getting something, but through the experience of just being present for whatever happens without dividing it into it's going well or it's going badly. Or am I there yet? Am I getting what I'm supposed to get? For a few days, we're sort of off the grid of those kinds of questions, or can be. I mean, I think inevitably part of what we do in Sashin is watch how even in a setting where there's really nothing to do and nothing to get, we turn it into something that we always judge. Is it going well or is it going badly? Am I doing it right? The only answer to that is moo, right? Neither right nor wrong. It's just happening. At some level that might actually feel like a big relief to get off that grid of right and wrong, well or badly. But let's look for a moment at how Master Ba answers a student here. What is the meaning patriarchs coming from the West? He says, I'm tired today. I can't preach that for you. The student doesn't know what to do with that answer. Master Ba says, well, go ask uh, Chizo. Maybe let him tell you. Master Ba has fully answered the question, but the student, of course, doesn't recognize the answer. That's usually the case of what's happening in this practice. Moment after moment, life as it is, the only teacher, inexhaustibly preaches the Dharma to us. It shows us just, just this. It shows us impermanence. It shows us vulnerability and interdependence. All the basic facts of the Dharma. Right here, right now, over and over and over again. 
Master Ba just picks one particular. I'm tired. Maybe some of you have even felt that way yourself. You've had the experience of a Zen master. You've been tired. Monk doesn't recognize that as an example of just this. Why did the patriarch come? Just this, just to be open to this moment, to show what it is to be open. Monk doesn't get it and he has to go to the other teacher, Chizo, or the senior monk, and he says, I've got a headache. Basically the same answer, but didn't sink in the first time and it doesn't sink in the second time. So he sends him off to a third one, Brother Kai. Brother Kai sounds even more like Bodhidharma. He says, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the monk does not seem to have attained enlightenment, even though he's been given three perfectly good answers. And the end comment here is Master Ba saying, Shizo's head is white, Brother Kai's is black. One answers from the direction of the particular, another answers from the direction of not knowing. Two perfectly good answers to the meaning of things. It is very curious under what circumstances we ask the, the question, what is the meaning of? Like the meaning of life. And it's very hard to know what counts as an explanation, but usually the question itself is more a sign of some kind of um, uh, dysregulation, some perturbation in the system where things, this isn't working the way it's supposed to. What's going on here? In a certain sense, you can, the, the question itself is a kind of symptom of distress. When the bell rings and we get up and begin kinhin, we're not asking the meaning of anything, we're simply responding. The response is complete, a complete answer to, to the moment. I always like the story of a little uh, video I saw of the physicist uh, Richard Feynman. And he was talking about a student of his who came and asked him, why is it that uh, the, uh, the opposite poles of a magnet uh, attract each other and the same poles repel? Why is that? 
And Feynman said, that's a great question. But there's no answer to it. <laughs> but it illuminates the whole nature of explanation. It says in physics, when we want to explain something, what we do is we try to explain it in terms of something simpler or more basic. We take a complex phenomenon and we, we break it down in, into its constituent parts and we show how the complicated thing that we don't understand is caused by the interaction of these simple uh, forces or building blocks. Say, so, but when you ask about magnets, there's nothing simpler. You, don't, you can't get behind electromagnetism. All you can do is say, they just do. <laughs> That's how it is. It's like Wittgenstein says, explanations have to stop somewhere. We, all we can do is say, at this point, our spade is turned. We've hit bedrock. All we can say is, this is how I do it. This is how things are. This is our form of life. Why? That's just what we are. Why do I come to Claverack? I come because I'm a teacher, and this is an opportunity to teach. Fish needs a pond to swim in. This is what I do. This is where I do it. As a student, maybe it seems a little more difficult to describe. But I think at some very basic level, we're all here simply trying to be ourselves in this very strange, sort of exotic, disciplined way that we've constructed to actually leave everything alone and be what we already are. We stop fixing, we stop controlling. Sashin, in a way, is difficult just so you can't completely master it. Unfortunately, I think, you know, after some time, people can get good at it, the way you can get good at anything. Uh, and people can come to a session the way they want to run a marathon. They want to be challenged by doing something really hard and master it. Unfortunately, that's possible. <laughs> but if you're having a hard time, actually you're in the better position. Difficulty is the point. The point is just to be able to do something over and over again that you can't quite get good at, that you can't control, that has all sorts of unpredictable elements right in the middle of this enormously predictable routine. You still can never quite tell what the next half hour is going to feel like on the cushion. And we just show up to it. Now I'm tired. I'm not going to preach anymore. Maybe later, I'll get a headache. 
What is that all mean? I don't know. 